and welcome everybody to What the Hops. I'm Brian. Today we have a special little treat for you guys. Eric and I went earlier today to Buffalo Brewing Company and talked with John Domres, owner and brewer, to talk about his upcoming anniversary party on July 28th. They're celebrating their second anniversary and have a bunch of fun stuff going on. So we decided we wanted to get a little bit more information from him and kind of discuss what he had going on beer-wise and ended up talking quite a bit about homebrew and just the beer scene in general. So hope you guys enjoy that. Also wanted to remind you to follow us on Twitter at What the Hops, on Instagram at What the Hops Podcast, and on Untapped at WTH Podcast. You can also find us on the Hopped Up Network along with plenty of other beer-centered podcasts. So hope you guys enjoy. We are at Buffalo Brewing Company today to talk to brewer owner John Dumrays. How you doing? Like I said before, living the dream <laughs> or the nightmare. So we're here today to kind of talk to John about the past two years and kind of get a little more information on the little anniversary party he has coming up on July 28th. Yes. So a short, short two years. And by short, I mean extremely long and excruciatingly <laughs> painful. What I guess what has been like the most rewarding thing over the past two years that you've really kind of... Um, I'd say besides feeding and clothing and putting shelter over my family with beer that I make, I think that's probably the coolest thing and often the hardest thing to kind of sit back and go, wait a minute, we're actually doing this for a living because most people think like that's total BS. You're never going to start your own business and support yourself. But I think what makes me the most happy and most proud is, is building the relationships, not only with you know neighbors but people in the city it's cool i mean this is one right now that we're yeah. you know it's getting these people that now i go out and i say oh hey i know this bar owner or i know that guy or adam Mishkevitz library i mean i went to dingus day for years and now it's like i go there and it's a vip all you can drink drinking party it's uh <laughs> well, it's cool you're... i mean it's a it's a cool thing to see the relationships more than anything it's um yeah i do like the dream and the nightmare reference because i just think like i love homebrewing and I really don't feel like changing the beers over at home. Like I got a, one in a secondary and keg the other one. And I'm just like, damn it. <laughs> yeah. So imagine doing that with 180 yeah, gallons. Exactly. How, how you know? I mean, it's it's totally different. And and every home brewer that's brewed with me has always said like, oh wow, this is so easy. Yeah, it's easy because I got to do it five days a week. You know, it's yeah. not like just something I do on a Saturday when it's raining. It's you know when it's 98 degrees. So like the the best thing I say, people, we brewed a couple weeks ago. Actually, when we brewed the celebration that you guys are drinking, it was. The day after fourth of july so you know had a few too many the night before come in at six o'clock the next day by the time we're boiling it's over 95 degrees outside add 20 degrees to inside the building and that's what i'm dealing with all day and our system's 100 percent manual so there's no like celebration al recipe on the computer bum, 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 beep, 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 <laughs> like and then you just mix the, you know it's not like ellicottville where they can just control the brew from their friggin' phone like this is 100 percent manual if you make a mistake it's a mistake it's yeah, it's, it's like a supersized home brewing system coming out of your pocket too yep and we have a batch actually right now that's on the on the brink we had a we had a slight sanitizer mix up we didn't get all the sanitizer out of the fermenter mm -hmm. so we put about five gallons of sanitizer in a beer now manufacturer is okay with that I mean, it's it's an edible food grade sanitizer, yeah. so it's not like a a real hard one where you can't 
yeah, you drink yeah. a shot. It's, it's drinkable. Um, but if it's not good, you know, we're going to make that decision tomorrow and say, this is this is trash. Let's pull, pull, pour it down the drain. And, of course, it has to be a very expensive IPA that we like to make. So <laughs> it's kind of shitty on that aspect. But you ha- always have to remember putting bad beer in the market is way worse than putting bad beer down the drain. Absolutely. Um, and I think a lot of brewers in town and across the country don't have that as a core value. And as, at here we have that's a core value and it's a painful day and it's you know it's a sad day when you put stuff down the drain but i mean if you guys go out to a bar and have a shitty beer from a brewery whether it's local or national or international are you going to ever order a beer from that brewery again most likely no no i mean we i i like to base my rankings on beer i have a three-step scale am i all right with spending my money on this beer would i spend my money on it again or am i pissed off i spent my money on it yeah I'm, we've definitely had beers where you're like do they really think this is a good idea to release this shit yeah. and oh and i know i'm i've i've released those beers and uh for me it's always trying to educate the, the customer and say like continuous improvement is a huge part of our platform 1901's on batch seven right now and it's i think where it needs to be but at the end of the day regardless of what industry you're in regardless of what you do for a living the customer is always going to be the person that decides whether or not you get to do what you want to do it's not me i can brew the beers that i want to drink but not everyone wants a polish sausage smoke <laughs> water beer you know like if i said hey i'm just gonna be a grotsky only brewery i don't think i'd be here too long but <laughs> it's brewing I mean, yeah. we show up still i mean but. <laughs> but i mean you look at our draft list and and when we started it was a very lager and i mean i'm german american so for me to really embrace the lagers and the ales and the or the lagers, especially German styles, but you can't can't produce all those unless you're Hofbrauhaus. You know, I mean, it's you have to produce a, a balance. And, and for me, learning about IPAs, you know, and the way I and if you, even if you look at the IPA segment from take flashback ten years, two thousand eight, think about what you were drinking: a crystal friggin' clear, ultra bitter, super dry IPA, and that's what they were. Yeah. Think we about Torpedo. About that last night. Um, we, we, were, did, we drank a lot of Southern Tier beers last night specifically. And, and those, just, are, those are like a time capsule of 2009. Yeah. First, yep. uh, yeah, when we first really started getting heavily into craft beer, probably around 2006, 2007, I mean, Southern Tier was that brewery for us. We're that, mixing Dogfish, you know, Sierra yeah. Nevada. Yep. Like, and they were the local guys. I mean, yeah. they were the local player, and that's, I think, we in Buffalo have hurt them tremendously because... Buffalo now has its own local breweries, and yeah. But I mean, Southern Tier was a huge Southern Tier IPA was like my go-to back yeah. then. Yep. Yeah, between Glass that bottles, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, between those two, it's just boom, you know. Torpedo, sixty minute, ninety yep. minute. You know, just- <laughs> I mean, Sierra Nevada, I think had the best advantage that they were on. You could get Sierra Nevada in a can, or not in a can. I'm sorry, in a bottle or on draft, pretty much anywhere in Western New York by yep. 2006, 2007. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was pretty widespread. Yeah. It was always a go-to when I was out, too. I'm like, they got Sierra Nevada? All right, I'm not drinking Canadian or Blue Light tonight. Like, drink that. <laughs> and Sierra Nevada is still a go-to for me. Yeah. I still, yeah. I still drink the shit out of that beer. When in doubt, man. You're, you're Especially right. now that it's in cans. <laughs> it's even better. Yeah. And they got it in jumbo cans, too, now, which yeah. is even even cooler. But it's just this evolution. And, and who's to say in five years from now, everyone's going to be drinking these juice bomb IPAs that cost the brewery almost exactly what it you know costs for the bigger triple dry hopped IPAs we make it's like a break even it's not even like a making money issue and just give them what they want pretty much yeah and and you know when I went to business school my thought was if you're breaking even you're not 
or I was always told, if you're breaking even, you're not winning. You're not, you know, you have to make money. The end goal is not to break even. Yeah. The end goal yeah. is to to put a profit in your in your pocket because otherwise you're gonna be eating ramen noodles and bologna sandwiches for the rest of your, yeah. <laughs> rest of your life. I mean, we've had we've had that same discussion before too. Just based upon you know taking it back to a five gallon, five and a half gallon homebrew batch where if I'm putting ten ounces of hops and then adding another six in a dry hop, I'm dropping a pound worth of hops. There's thirty some bucks on hops minimum. Yep. And then you know factor and if you're doing more than one hop uh, you know whatever your grain bill is I mean you're taking a homebrew 50 oh, 60 bucks plus plus if you're trying to get all these crazy experimental Australian super expensive Zealand. hops yeah. <laughs> so our 1817 just to just to give you a, a, in a five barrel batch we're using 20 pounds mostly galaxy citra mosaic so all the the fun hops the that the kids ones. like that are over twenty dollars a pound so do the math <laughs> I mean it's not a it's not a winning proposition by any any uh, it's not something that you can produce on the regular and say like okay yeah this can be my core beer well if i want to be broke it can be sure but i mean it's a it's a great beer and i love drinking it and i'm really excited it's it's actually one of the two the both the 25 and the 17 so those are our two triple dry hop one's the session one's the double those will okay. be available saturday for our anniversary party and those those beers i really enjoy because they're they're the beers that we make that push my they're the hardest beers we brew i mean they're they're very technically challenging i mean the lager and the pilsner those are also technically challenging but in different aspects and and those are core so i brew those a lot more than these guys so um, i'm really excited i think the batch um that we just released uh, or we're going to just release for our party we were able to score some uh, some australian galaxy instead of using vic secret so i'm pretty excited about that they're just great beers and and I think a lot of our beers are good. I think we've been dubbed, you know, kind of Buffalo's Lager Brewery because we're, we're a true lager brewery, and you got to be really careful. And that's part of our education is the faux lagers. Don't don't think, and I'll call it out by name, but don't think Rusty Chain is a, is anywhere near as good as our Vienna Lager because it's not, and I know that. And that's just not me paying, you know, giving myself. It's an Aliger, an Aliger or a log ale or uh sam 76 whatever the freak that is but i mean it's, <laughs> yeah it's 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 not we're we're bringing i mean we're so insane here that we bring in for czech pilsner we bring in all our ingredients from the czechoslovakia bring all our stuff in for from germany for our vienna lager i mean we're, we're not here to we're not here to to pull any punches where if we can't that's why we haven't done a sour yet because i believe kettle souring is total bs <laughs> i mean how many cantillions kettle sours have you had well, they don't make any kettle sours. They make just real, real sours. If Cantillon is making kettle sours, then I'll I'll have Cantillon. Yeah, I'll have a I'll have a kettle sour, but it's not true to form. Just like putting ale yeast in a Vienna lager and calling it a Vienna style lager ale. Yeah, it's bullshit. Don't do it if you can't do it right. That's yeah. our that's our yeah. whole that's our whole foundation here. That's what we're we're built on. So I made one lager ever, and I'm just like, well, oh, this is not easy to do to do it the right way luckily i had an apartment where we had that room that was off of it that stayed like 50 degrees if if even so yeah they're definitely harder to do at home um the problem at at a large scale that i found isn't the difficulty it's the tank time and that becomes a huge issue for you like you know how long are you keeping them in the tank six weeks six weeks so you tie up three tanks for six weeks and those are your two best sellers so what do you do 
know, how do you get, how do you improve it? How do you get, so the only answer is getting bigger. And that's why we've seen the brewery grow from two barrel to five. And then it's probably going to grow again just to keep up with production on those two beers. Just because those, I mean, I can pump out in six weeks, I can pump out three 1901 and three bat. So I can produce 15 gallons or 15 barrels, I'm sorry, of 1901 and 1813, the other two cores, where in that six weeks I'll only produce five barrels of, yeah. of yeah. lager. So, and Buffalo's a lager town, and I will say that to the day I die. I mean, you look back in our display case, all those guys that built this place are all Germans. Yep. One Polish person. <laughs> and so it's a lager. It's it's founded on lager. There's a reason why Labatt Blue has their headquarters here, and they're putting some BS friggin' draft house or whatever the hell it's going to be <laughs> i'm kind of I'm, I'm interested to see what happens with that yeah, if I it's going to be on the style of the genesee house or yeah that'll be interesting to see i mean of course if you're a multi-billion dollar corporation you should have the best friggin' thing of everything but you only have one shot because i mean it's not like hey there's yeah. seven breweries in the entire world and we're one of them in buffalo new york i mean there's, there's, we're gonna you cross seven thousand yeah. this year. I mean, it's you got to fight and scrap and scrap. You got to fight, fight the big boys in Buffalo, which isn't even big on a on a national scale. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, they're still gigantic. But still, you I mean you got to fight resurgence and big ditch. And, you know. Well, think about this: big ditch in three shifts will produce as much beer as we produce annually. So I mean, that's wow. that gives you a real perspective. But I mean, with big ditch and resurgence, all these other guys, I mean, it's it's tremendous amounts of capital, yeah, and investors and and. I've worked for, I've, I've been a brewer at places that have investors and I didn't want to go that route. I wanted to have complete control over my process and I'd rather be like, you know, other half or something like that where, hey, we sell out. Sorry. Vienna Lager's out. I can't, I can't push it along any faster. Yeah, I don't want to. Sure. We're, we're going to maintain quality and that's our goal. Yeah. You know, How do you so, feel about so a lot of those other, like other half is a great example. Grimm, you know, they're like a gypsy brewery. How do you feel about breweries that produce, you know, hundreds of different beers every year? Well, for, guy, for someone that has, you know, core beers and this is like your staple. I mean, we talked the other day about Main Brewery because was was Main have seven or eight beers? Is all they Main Main year? Beer Company has like maybe maybe ten beers that they brew really total kind of thing. You know, where do you where do you think that you fall, or where would you see the company going? I mean, I think we're, we've instituted a pretty strong seasonal program. I mean, for a brewery of our size to have 12 lines pouring at all times, I think that's an accomplishment in its own right. Absolutely. I mean, Josh at West Shore, I think he's similar size. I think he's only got six lines. So, I mean, yeah, he's yeah. only trying to kick out half the amount of varieties that we are. And he's not producing anything that's going into into distribution. I mean, we're, we're a distributing microbrewery, and that's what a lot of people don't understand. This isn't just for on-premise. This is going to Serto Brothers. We have five counties plus the Village of Arcade. I mean, it's you're trying to act like Big Ditch in a small, super small package or resurgence or any one of those guys and kicking out quality beer that the public will drink. Other half has a great uh, advantage in that they're self-distributing and they can get a line. I mean, they'll say, hey, we're releasing Citra Daydream or DDH Broccoli tomorrow and they'll have 100 friggin' people in line. They just have to say we're other half. I, yeah, and I mean that's and but you even see that now. I'll use a local as an example, and I don't typically like to do this, but I, I have a lot of respect for these guys. So, did you guys try DDH Hayburner? Yes, I did. Did you think it tasted almost the same as regular Hayburner? I thought it had more, definitely had more aromatics. But um, overall, I mean, I didn't notice a dramatic difference to package it and call it and make the hype out of it. To me, there was enough difference. That it was a different beer, at least. But, but I mean the hype surrounding it. I mean I don't think it was. 
people people in this city really love hey burner as a beer yes so i mean that's that's it's, just it's what a, it is so seeing them being able to add that even if it wasn't a ddh and they're like hey we're citra burner or any one yeah. of the other variants i mean yeah. it's i mean they and wanted that's to, and that's where i'm trying to kind of yeah. walk this line in terms of it's it becomes a marketing thing and i think ditch has done a great job in getting their branding out and getting the, what they are and we're kind of like the antithesis of that in terms of <laughs> we're just going to throw a chalkboard tile up there's not going to have any cool artwork it's not going to have any of this it's just going to be a beer if you like it great if you don't great but we're, even even from the past from the even in the last year though i've seen a big difference in the amount of exposure that you've gotten though i um, think it's and it's and it's you, an you've organics yeah, it's an organic thing, I think, and that's what yeah. we wanted because we don't have big money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's definitely you. You definitely see. I've been hyping up the Maybach lately. Just you're, uh, from having it a few weeks ago, I'm like, I'm like, no, this beer is like really freaking good. Like, and for someone, thank you. I'm, I'm a big IPA guy. I'm not gonna lie. I say that the New Englands have ruined my palate because I just, I'm addicted <laughs> to them too. But go back to something that's more old school and not, you know, like I say more traditional in the sense of. Well, think about Grotsky. I mean, yeah. it's like Jesus. How many breweries are making Grotsky? I'm a big smoke beer guy. Huge smoke beer guy. Um, <laughs> it's like a smoked light lager. I mean, that's really what it is. It's like it's a it's a great style. I never brewed it before until I until Community really serves, and I'm like, well, we got when did we start bitch, drinking them? When you we started buying all the ones that consumers had the Ashlakara. One of the if there was their kind of got smoke. I think revitalized. I don't know when it came about. I think like 2010, 11. I think they started making a comeback. Probably around. Yeah, there was there was that little bit of like where all of a sudden like Rogue was releasing a couple smoke beers. Yeah, we like got the, the Alaskan smoke porter, yeah. and then I'm like, I want more smoke. Yeah, and then and then people realize, oh wait, <laughs> we can get a bunch of European Cherrywood beers. Malt that have been, they, they've becoming... been doing this for however many years. Absolutely. You know why not just get it straight from the source? Yeah. But I think the Grotsky is one of our better beers. I mean, I think it's a it's, it's a lighter hate beer, beer, but yes. I mean, it's like homebrewers always ask me, how do you how do you make how do you make a beer like that that isn't so overpowered? I said, dude, it's one hundred percent smoked malt. I mean, mm -hmm. it's true to form. I mean, it, it is yeah. what it is. I said, it's just we get different smoked malt than homebrewers do. I mean, it's the same with all the ingredients. I mean, you just have more access when you're a commercial brewery than opposed well, you're to you're at the mercy of NT Homebrew. I mean, or the other uh, let's do beer or whatever let's, the one is yeah, on transit. Be, let's do wine. I don't know. What, I think I think they just sell. I think clothes or some someone was talking about that a few weeks. Ago. I have I, have no I haven't been there in years, but it's always. I mean, Niagara Tradition's been the, the go-to. Go yeah. yeah, I mean, and they're still our they're still our stopgap even today for us. I mean, we picked up some stuff from them last week some oats and stuff just to keep our schedule going in between in between malt orders mm -hmm. but i mean that's what makes buffalo i mean I've, I've brewed in a lot of different places and the camaraderie that's here um i think is awesome i think the support of our town is also really good i mean this is a single family or a single car garage with one guy that's doing pretty much everything and buffalo's reacted in such a great way and supported me and that's i mean that's something that anniversary time it really comes out more and more but it's a big thank you and i mean it's without without you guys and buffalo as a whole this place wouldn't be a growing the way it is and i think that's the greatest accomplishment is my interaction and development of relationships with within my community and then also seeing the growth let's face it there's breweries that are opening up all the time every day every week i mean we're growing 
but the less talked about thing is breweries do close. I mean, they do go. Uh, uh, we experienced I, this in the what the '70s. I mean, when all the breweries started closing. Even even last year, uh, Barker Brewing closed its doors. I mean, it does happen. It's not. Uh, I think a lot of people think like, oh, breweries. I think a lot of these. You talk to these investors that are investing in breweries and stuff, and they say, oh, you know, it's a sh- it's a surefire. It's not a surefire thing at all. There's a lot of things that have put us on the brink of closing our doors, and you have to have a good business acumen, and you have to have a good, stable. I don't want to say head on your shoulders. Well, but this you isn't have to a forty be, hours a week kind of job. No. I mean, this, oh no, I mean, and that's the best part. This is about your it. life, you know. Well, you know, I love the guys that come in here and go, "Oh man, you have the greatest job in the world." You just sit around and drink beer all day, and I said, well, "Why don't you come follow me for a week and see if you're still standing at the end of it?" <laughs> yeah, when you're dropping, when working ninety hours. You know, like yesterday was my first day off in like two weeks, and my knees were killing me, my back's hurting, my foot, my ankle. Oh, by the way, you know, I go in and sweat it out every day. I lose more water than I can yeah. drink. I'm, I'm, and you know, it's one of those things. It's you have to be a little little bit insane to want to do this but at the end of the day i always tell people homebrewing it should be narcotics and homebrewing are the two da- most dangerous things on the planet because i mean i started <laughs> with somebody giving me a homebrewing kit yep here i am hundreds of thousands of dollars into this thing and it's still it's still you know, we're talking about putting a building up we're talking about moving to broadway Fillmore. there's so many you know there's the bouncing ball is just continually and it's like okay now i gotta find more money and i have more money oh i don't have a job this is my job <laughs> so if i get if i want to get money then i gotta make more beer well that's a tough so maybe i gotta make a few of those ale loggers or lager ales or <laughs> well that, that's what we joke around about like you know like home brewing's supposed to be fun in a way you know like we started off doing it with our friends and there's home brewers that have nicer home breweries than this brewery. <laughs> yeah. I've saw, some of them are incredible where people have. And it's like, yeah, I'm glad you had $100,000 to dump into your homebrew kit. But like, it, <laughs> I got I, PLC automation. Yeah, I can, like, it's automatically gr- grinding the grain in the morning. I just show up and it's already knockout time. I brew with my six year old <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, if we started, we'd, we'd start, all of a sudden, we'd be bitching like, Ah, oh, dude, we gotta soak bottles. Uh, we gotta take the labels off. You gotta do the. Oh, my back hurts. Like, times it by like 10, 15, 20, like to put the amount of beer in like 50 pound sacks of grains, and then you're mixing this and the chemistry and everything. It's not, it's not easy at all. It's not, and and I always. We just picked up an assistant brewer this week, and uh, so that's been awesome, awesome to have because he's 23 and endless energy. His body probably works in the most. Yeah, he's huge. He's strong. He goes to the gym. I'm polar opposite. I know you guys can't see me, but I'm short, fat, and bald, (laughs) like a younger George Costanza. (laughs) And uh, the thing is, it's like we unloaded the grain truck, the drink, you know, 2,600 pounds of grain show up. He's like, I got this. It's like 20 minutes later, I'm done. I'm like... Dude, you're a machine. <laughs> like it would take me like you know a couple hours, and I do like ten sacks, and then I go take a break and you know have a drink. You know, he's just like getting this done. I'm like, dude, you're awesome. And the same with kegs, like filling all the kegs up. He just hauls them right out. I'm like, fuck, man, why, where was this kid two years ago? Like dying. My arm hurts. My knee hurts. So it's like been it's it's nice, and it's nice to see somebody come in and give me. Um, so this is our first time ever hiring someone to do brewing stuff. So for one first week in my entire 24 month career that i haven't haven't done everything myself and it's kind of cool is it kind of a nerve-wracking though too just like leaving it in the hands of somebody else well it's he's still young and still learning so it's more like you know trying to the the error that uh came out of our 
uh, the IPA brew. I mean, that was that was an oversight on his and my part. And it happens. And the minute you start crying about beer going down the drain because it's a, got an error in it, get out of the business because you're going to – I tell people all the time, I mean, Czech Pilsner, 1910 Czech Pilsner, I've over the course of two years, I've probably put 20 batches down the drain. Wow. Because it's – the hardest and that's always been my that's always my mark is if you can brew a good Czech Pilsner you can brew pretty much anything because people don't understand Czech Pilsner has no there's no place I can hide a flaw there's no place I can put there's I mean such a clean beer it's, it's got to be clean it's got to hit all these right. certain marks so I have three home brewers that work for me too so home brewers have a, such a different perspective like, oh it's drinkable put it on it's not it's, <laughs> it's garbage well it's still it tastes okay if you let it warm up for five minutes I said okay so hey 716 food and sport pour a check pilsner and then let it warm up for five minutes and then top it off so it doesn't look flat i don't think that works too well in the pro it doesn't game. work in a commercial setting where you're trying to sell no. you're not only just selling yourself you're selling your business you're selling like you said your livelihood too so. yeah i mean and there's and ethan cox and i had a great conversation like the third week we were open when he came down to visit me and he's talking about you know oh well you know when you get different hop varieties from year to year the at you know everything changes so you're trying to make the beer taste the same and putting a keg on at a bar that doesn't clean their lines regularly and that aren't impacting your beer and oh by the way maybe the distributor you know sell something that went out of date or something you know there's so many variables and i look at them and i go i don't think about that because you know what if i did i'd never sleep i'd probably never friggin i couldn't do it you just have to hope for the you're kind of putting these yeah. it's kind of like i think i think in a way like my wife and I talk about it. Kegs are like kids. You're just putting them out in the world and hoping they don't, you know, commit a crime or run into <laughs> anyone bad. You're just hoping they, they do their job. They go pour out nice and give a lot of people a good experience. And, you know, but I think back to your point about our brand, I've really seen since we've been in distribution, just that exposure just kind of, and that's where it's kind of now it's starting to get, we've had this system online since January 15th and we're already outgrowing it. So it's like, that's where it's like the neck it's trying i can't keep doing upgrades because those those really those are 16 hour days for me and i do all the installation myself i do everything hook up myself yeah i can't do those anymore so the plan now is trying to figure out what that next step may be you guys know we're in a phenomenal neighborhood here and it's like do we leave and take a gamble on another neighborhood do we put a building up on one of our vacant lots here what's the plan and that's really we're thinking long and hard about how do we how do we grow and grow right and that's one thing too especially being in a neighborhood that is growing rather quickly exploding i would say yeah with you guys even just being here two years over the past five years the amount of people moving back into this area right out right outside of the city well i mean in the city but like right outside of like the downtown yeah. limits i mean it's it's downtown huge. was a ghost town for how many years yeah i mean you're you're seeing that you're seeing that change Absolutely. and it's huge and i mean being right in this area you're probably definitely seeing some kind of benefit of that absolutely if you were looking for more beer podcasts just like the one you're listening to right now then head on over to hoppedupnetwork.com we are a podcast network focused on our local craft beer communities here's a quick example of one of the many podcasts you will find Point, a topic that invites discussion or argument. Drinking points, topics that invite discussion about local history over a cold beer. Hey everyone, I'm Haley. And I'm Troy. And we are Drinking Points, a history podcast brewed for your enjoyment. Join us as we discuss history and brews from Buffalo, New York, and beyond. Find us on the Hopped Up Network.
So why don't you tell us a little more about what you got going on on Saturday? Sure. So we've got a slew of beer releases, 1817, 1817, I think, is our highest rated beer ever on uh, Untapped. So bringing that back true to original formula, I think, will be really exciting for people. Got Galaxy Hops in it, so I'll just put Galaxy on it and it'll <laughs> sell. Um, two food trucks. Uh, O'Brien's Farm Fresh Kitchen. They're a brand new food truck. They've only been open a few weeks, so that's cool to have them come in. And then we've got Loose Cannon, also new, but a little more seasoned. And then we've got Amanda Lee Pierce, a voice contestant. She'll be coming in to do some music from 3.30 to 6.30. Cool. And we also have a kick-ass raffle. Um, and the raffle prize is a three-pack of crawlers a month. Really? Yep. For for the whole year? For the entire year. Thirty-six crowds. Big win. So so raffle tickets are a dollar a piece. I don't remember exactly what the, but it's obviously like every raffle. If you buy more, you you get more tickets for the same amount of money. So, um, got to find the super tall guy to get the the wingspan, the arms length. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> get all the tickets. Uh, are you selling tickets pre-sale, or are they just? Being... Uh, tickets will only be sold that day. We're not gonna do any pre-sale. It's just that day only, and then we'll jo- we'll do the drawing right at eight o'clock when we're ready to close up. Obviously, it goes till eight, but if people are still here, we're gonna stick around as long as possible. Um, second prize is one of those lighted signs. There's only three of those bad boys in the United States of America right now, so you get a lighted sign. So perfect for man cave. Cool. And then third place is a happy hour with a sheet pizza, and you get twenty pints on us. So if it's one person, you can bring one person in and have a closed brewery happy hour. <laughs> Or if you have a group of people and you want to come in before like a Sabres game or a Bills game, um, coming up this fall, we're going to have TVs in here for for, for sporting events, so that'll be nice. Cool. Um, but it's a private. You, you only get a few days of the week to close, but if you want to do it, it's pretty much up to you when you want to do it. Any new merchandise or anything you're going to have for this? We are going to have custom um, custom shirts that say cheers to two years, and it's our second anniversary with the year. We only have 50 of those, so those will be on sale that day. Um, and then, of course, we have these nice kick-ass gray hats from our friends over at New Era. So it should be fun. I mean, it's a it's a celebration about us, and we don't really do that very often. So Any any admission to get into the door or anything? Nope. Completely free. The only thing we're charging for is the raffle. So and you don't awesome. have to, you know, you don't obviously have to participate, but I think with what we're putting out there, I think we'll get some interest. I mean, oh, five, definitely. ten bucks. I mean, yeah. I mean, you can what? get a three-pack of crawlers a month for a year. That's what I mean. Why wouldn't you want to take that chance? Yeah, I mean, I don't. Everything we do here is centered around being a beer consumer because that's what I think about when I'm. We just want to use the raffle as a way to celebrate and get people amped up. I mean, the thing that sticks out for me is the sign. If I'm a brewerania collector, as you guys know, I have that disorder too. But you know, just being able to get something that nobody else has, not even a distribution or. I've got a, 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 a. I don't know. I think it was, I think it was Molson Saber sign with a goat head in my ebay card for like three years because like they just the neon lights are like beer signs i think are just the coolest shit out there like anyone that has like a basement bar i live in chictawaga i'm pretty sure every damn house by me has a basement bar yep. i mean the only sign i have down there right now is a miller white one because free or something like that yeah, yeah exactly it was free but like i i love beer signs and i would get that would be pretty badass hanging in a basement. Brian, you're going to have to take a picture of that, tweet it out, and put it on our Instagram as well. Oh, definitely, man. But, yeah, no, that's, it seems like it's going to be a great time here. How, what time do you guys open? We open. It's our regular, uh, regularly scheduled hours. Food trucks are rolling in about 1230. Um, we're open noon to 8. 
highly encourage everyone to come on out and enjoy and celebrate this beer that we make. And uh, like I said, we've got the 1817, 1825, and the 1817 should be under 24 hours old when it goes on. It's going to be kegged on Friday, so it's a... Uh, it's a fresh. It's super, the freshest double IPA fresh. you can get. Uh, like I said, we just finished the dry hopping this morning when I got in here. And it's hit three times with Citra and Mosaic. So, I mean, Galaxy, Citra, Mosaic, Chinook, and Simcoe. So, I mean, it's really like You're pretty hitting much like every, every hop. You're trifecta pretty much. Or not trifecta. I can't think every of Every hop you want in yeah. a beer is pretty yeah. much there. So, um, It's northeast yeah. and west coast rolled into one. <laughs> well, we can't make a cloudy beer, but these are going to be our best attempts at trying to do that. So, um, but yeah, it should be fun. Last question we really kind of have for you is... What do you kind of expect going forward? Any kind of interesting, uh, interesting little tidbits or just anything you have in plan for the future? Well, uh, the plan is to get bigger and, and get by getting bigger. I mean, finding a way to stay where we are, stay true to our roots, but also put Buffalo Brewing Company beer in, in, in every nook and cranny of Western New York. That's our goal. But we want to maintain the interaction, the smallness, the intimacy of this place and not overshadow by becoming some gigantic monstrosity. So it's just really trying to maintain what we are now but also put Buffalo Brewing Company beer. I want people to say, man, I had your beer last night uh, up in Niagara Falls. I had your beer down in Ellicottville. I've had your beer in Arcade. Or I've had your... I want people to say, like, oh, I was over at Jamestown Country Club and I had a pint of Vienna Lager. That's... When you get to that level where your, your beer is at the fingertips of the consumers, that's when you really know you've made it. And then establishing these brands. And I think... Like I said, our Czech Pills and our, our Vienna Lager are two solid brands that can stand the test of time, whether it's IPA craze, sour craze, any kind of craze. I think those two beers will always be tried and true. Yeah, and just having that fresh uh, Czech Pilsner is great. Clean. I mean, that's exactly what you're looking for. Everything you everybody, touched about earlier, you can't Everybody's loved it. We're, we're big fans of the traditional style beers. At least I am, I could say. so. Absolutely. It's, so it's great I, to I have. like to have one or two. Is about me, and then but I, I like the mix up here. I think it's a, it's. I don't want to know if it's like full palate cleanser, but it's it's nice to go back to what beer actually is, rather than like double O top mosaic citra lactose cream yeah, IPAs sour with a dry hop in it. If you haven't been out at Buffalo Brewing Company yet, it's right over by 500 Seneca on the corner of Myrtle and Spring, I believe, and. I would definitely say get out here next weekend and check it out. Even we didn't even make mention. I know John touched on it a little bit too, but even the, the display of the old Buffalo history of brewing and stuff, the old Simon Pure, Iroquois, Bex. I'm not even gonna try to pronounce that one. That is way too beyond my. Uh, what the Schreibers? Yeah, okay. Schreibers. There's too many letters going on in there. John does have a little nice uh, case of old Buffalo brewing nostalgia right here. So if you're kind of just even a history freak too, you should definitely try to get out here and just take a look at this if you haven't yet. They do make great traditional beers, such as their Czech Pilsen that we've been talking about. The Vienna Lager for me has always been a great beer. Maybach is amazing. The Keller beer that they just released too has gotten a lot of great reviews and we even earlier earlier in the interview we were talking about the Gradzitsky. Um, John was nice enough to brew it 
for us uh, over at the Adam and Scavenge Library over on Fillmore for Dingus Day. And it's a traditional Polish smoked, lo- smoked uh, ale. and 100% smoked malt. And I mean, it's low alcohol at 3.5%, but man, it's... I love that kind of stuff, you know, just... And, I mean, for all the hop heads, too, he has plenty of dry hopped IPAs and IPAs on tap, too. We just uh, finished up one of the 1901 IPAs, and the body on that, the, this this batch that he has is probably one of the best that he's brewed. One of the smaller breweries in this city, and he's still expanding, still moving forward with everything that he's doing, and it's great. You got a great thing going here, man. Absolutely. I think so, and I think the the thing that I can say and I can't say it enough is thank you to Buffalo, Western New York, What the Hops, <laughs> WNY Brews, all the podcasts that come out and support us. I mean, it is it is a it is a great arm of growing our brand, and I just look forward to the future. I mean, this is something that we were we're trying to build to last, and uh, I have a I have a one and a half year old at home, and I would love nothing more than to see him step in someday and take this thing over it, it really is a family-run business it's my wife and i we've put everything we have on the line for this and to see it succeed i mean it's always been failure is not an option but unfortunately in, in business and stuff like that sometimes there's things that are outside your control and, and luckily we've had a lot of things go our way um and i think you know we've always been a good you know porter lager brewery i think our ipas were the were the kind of the achilles heel of this place but i think we've we've really done some good job in terms of redeveloping and 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 growing the ipas i mean i think 1901 is probably the best it's ever been i think this batch has really stepped up to the plate yeah i think 1825 and 1817 are hitting those those markers that other people are looking for and I mean, we're Buffalo Brewing Company, and I think from the day we opened, I think we had the city's, you know, the city's best interest in. I think the city had our best interest. I mean, I think they've had our back. I mean, I don't want to say that you can slap Buffalo on anything and it's going to sell, but I mean, the reason there's two reasons why we chose Buffalo Brewing Company. One, it's it's our it's our neighborhood's brewery, and two, we're the underdog. I mean. I was just a blue collar guy. I mean, do you ever go to New York City and say, "Oh, Buffalo's way better than New York"? I mean, you ever you, you go to New York City and say, "Oh, I'm from Buffalo." They're like, "I am really sorry to hear that." It's the one. It's the one thing that everybody knows across the nation that, like, if you start talking shit about Buffalo to people from Buffalo, they just get we're gonna super, lose our shit. They and get the other super thing, offended, even if like even if you're not really a big fan of the city, you still get super offended by it. Or if you say like, "Hey, I'm from Buffalo, New York." Oh, what part of Brooklyn is that, or what part of Queens? <laughs> Marshawn Lynch didn't know that uh, Buffalo was in the opposite side of the state. And, and the best part is, and, and I've traveled a lot throughout my life, my wife and I always joke that Buffalo people, wherever we are in the world, are we're always like the people that are going the hardest. Like, why isn't this bar packed? It's only 1 o'clock. Like, it should be jammed right now. <laughs> or why is everyone going to bed? It's 1130 at night. Like, we got like another four or five hours. We just got to the bar two hours ago. Like, come on. And it's always funny because we always find the one guy – funny example for our honeymoon we were in antigua and i'm in the pool with my wife we're having a few beers and all of a sudden some dude pulls up next to me in a mighty taco shirt at the bar <laughs> he's like you from buffalo i'm like yeah i'm from buffalo he's like oh man i'm from chicktawaga i'm like 
how the, how the hell does that happen? I was a few years back. I was down in Atlanta for New Year's Eve, and I'm at a packed bar, and I just start I start talking. I have a conversation with the guy there. Turns out he was from Rochester visiting, and I'm like, dude, yeah. what, what the are the chances? What are the chances? And it's like, and it's like you instantly have that camaraderie, and it's like people from outside of Buffalo don't understand. Like I guess they don't really understand, but it's like Buffalo is one of the most friendliest places on the friggin' planet. I mean, you can come in here as strangers and leave as friends. I mean, that's it's, it's, it's a true it's thing. It's a weird thing because like we're assholes, but we're also like you said, super friendly. It's I just think like, we're clannish, against I, yeah, you, amongst just, our own. You know, we just really like you can just like feel the presence of somebody else from Buffalo. We're like, all right, you're cool. <laughs> you're a nice guy. I want to be your friend, or I really like you a lot. You know, it's like one of those things, <laughs> and it's uh, it's just a special place. I mean, it's and to see it's brewing industry finally recover and finally grow i mean it's not just great for me it's great for all of us i mean at the end of the day if you're drinking any locally produced product whether it's liquor wine beer you're supporting your neighbor i mean that's it's a win for our city i think like well if you can keep if you, i mean the thing that is nice so if you guys spent money with us in the last year You've allowed us to reinvest into our beer garden, and if you've if you've been with Buffalo Brewing Company since day one, you know what was back there was nothing. It was just garbage. So you're seeing improvements in this neighborhood, even though we're a small part of it. Um, you're seeing improvements, and we're going to continue to reinvest. We're going to continue to support local charities. We're going to continue to support people that are doing right in this community. And I don't see Anheuser Busch InBev. I don't see Molson Miller Coors. I don't see any of those guys reinvesting in this neighborhood like local breweries do across the board. We're all we're all heavily involved in community ch- and charitable giving, and and that's special. I mean, that's what makes our community great, regardless of what industry you're in. It's just the willingness to give back, shovel someone's driveway, push someone's. I mean, the brewery the brewery truck. We were making a spent grain delivery out to a farm last winter. The brewery truck got stuck right at this intersection because they didn't plow it. When the plow trucks came down, they drove past me. They hooked a chain up, and they dragged me all the way to Seneca. And they said, hey, man, we just want to come back tonight for some beers. I said, no problem, man. But it's that's what, you know, that's what this city's all about. And, you know, it really is good neighbors, great beer. And that's that's really Buffalo in a nutshell, man. Thanks again for thank well, thank you, you, thank you for having me. And hopefully you enjoyed the, the few tasty beverages. We did. And uh, well, I hope, hope to come back again next year. Hopefully we can make this an annual thing because uh, I don't plan on going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, man. We'd love to sit down with you again and just talk. Cheers. Um, hope to see you guys on the 28th. But, yeah, if you, you are looking for something to do next Saturday, get out here on the 28th and come enjoy all the great beers that John has lined up for you and support local beer. Amen.